So I kept going. So I was still doing all this. But then when my son was born and when he was diagnosed, I dropped everything. Right. It, everything stopped because it was, I mean, I was aware, of course, of what autism was, but not to the degree that, you know, how it would change our lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are jumping off the Bruce Springsteen train today, but he will come up as he normally does. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I was I, I was being I was asked to join uh, TiVo and Enzo on their podcast. And uh, two hours later, we finally said, hey, maybe we should quit talking. Um, <laughs> and I had such a good time. It was such a good conversation. And uh, TiVo has been on the podcast, but Enzo hadn't. And I said at the very end, I said, hey, any chance you would want to join me on Set Lessing Bruce? And he was kind enough or foolish enough to say yes. So Enzo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jesse. And like I said, it's an honor and a pleasure. Those two hours went by so fast and we were like, you know, could have kept going. <laughs> it could have. So uh, for my audience, and maybe they haven't checked that out, tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> I'm a, a part-time, sometime musician and podcaster right now. All thanks to my buddy, Paul, Tebow Vision. I'm married and happily... Raising two boys. Uh, How old are the boys? My youngest is going to be 12 in two weeks, and my oldest is 16. Okay. And uh, it's a handful. My oldest yes. is uh, autistic. Okay. So it's an extra handful. That's why whenever Paul talks about, Enzo, eh, so, you know, you have no time for anything. That's what he's alluding to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's beyond a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, raising teenagers is a full-time job anyway. And yeah. especially when you throw in, uh, you know, with him being autistic, uh, it can be imagined that that is um, presents its own set of, of challenges and gifts. Yes, right. Exactly. It is. It, it, and I want to stress that. Right. I, I, I've had plenty of friends that have had autistic children and there is a gift um, with all children, but, you know, with raising that you can. So, uh, good for you, sir. There's, there's, it took a long time to, to come to grips with autism. Sure. I mean, I've always loved my son and I'm, you know, nothing's going to yeah. change that, but it was, it was a learning experience. Right. And he's partially responsible for me rekindling my friendship with Paul. Oh, really? Yeah. How did yeah, that happen? Yeah. Because when we had our original band 25 years ago. Right. The Soul Masons, which is, if we get into talking about music and stuff like that, we, we broke up 
you know, at that age, you know, you're in your twenties, everybody's got, you know, (laughs) something going on, you know, and, uh, we separated, but the four of us, myself, Paul, uh, Steve and Jim, the other two members of the band, we're, we were brothers, you know, you, you cannot get close. You spend, I don't know, five, six hours a night in a, in a basement four to five to six nights a week, just eyeball to eyeball. We were brothers. So, uh, I lost track of everybody to a certain degree. You Mm -hmm. stop being friends. And these, like I said, they were my brothers and I just let things go. And, uh, Connor taught me how not to judge people, not to put my expectations on people. That's my son, Connor. Okay. In the sense that it's not fair for me to have to think that people should live up to my expectations. So at, at that point, I realized that all that stuff that had happened in the past was BS. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? I want to reach out and find these guys and make sure that I don't I didn't care about the music. It was the friendship I wanted to fix, basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's that's what I did. <laughs> So I don't know if you've watched um, the Bruce's latest album is Letter to You. And, I know a little uh, bit of it. Okay. I know a little bit of it. Yes. And so we have to, you know, like I feel bad for your 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 listeners. Like, who's this guy? He doesn't listen to Bruce. No, what? no, no, no. I, um, I, I, I was. Told I have this, to explain that though. I have I, to explain. That. I was we'll told this. That. Yeah, I was told this last year that. Um, I, I had a listener who listened to my Doctor Who podcast. And so he listened to a couple of these episodes and he says, I think you tell this wrong. <laughs> you don't do a set. Le- you don't do a Bruce Springsteen podcast. You do a podcast where you interview people and the host <laughs> happens to be obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. I mean, that you is know. fine. And, and so I said that. So, yeah. Well, anyway, um, the his latest album, um, he, Letter, uh, a couple of songs um, like Last Man Standing, and he talks specifically that the uh, he was in a band called the Castiles okay. in high school from 64 to 68 and um and he talked about that um when george Thies, who was the one of the members of the band recently passed away mm. bruce was in the uh, hospital with him and he realized that he was bruce was the only remaining member of the castile still alive and he talked about that that four years is is an eternity in a rock band. Yeah, it is. And it is. how that friendship forged. And, um, you know, another thing he says in the documentary is that rock and roll is the only profession where you can still hang with your high school and young friends you can still work with them right like he is still working members of the e street band they got together you know in the early 70s you know when they were all punk kids and now they're in their 70s and they're still hanging together and they're still playing you know it's incredible it 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 really is i mean it's hard because it's a marriage between four or five six people it's a marriage it is so the breakups i understand i think it was 
Peter Gabriel that said it when he quit Genesis, you know, or he made a quip yeah. about I'll never work in a band again, you know, or something yeah. like that. It was so bad. But it's when when that band broke up and I was like, okay, you're devastated. I mean, it's it's you know, I can count on one hand the times I've cried, and that night was one of the times yeah. I've cried how for yeah. how much I had, you know. And it took a while for me to get back in. So then you start another band and you, you know, you, you, you stick your toe in the water and like, okay, yeah. we're going to do a cover band. We're not going to leave the originals alone for a while or try this and try that. And it's not working or whatever. And this and that. And so then, you know, build it up. Okay. I'm, we're playing again. And with my buddy, Jim, who was the other guitar player in the band, I was always his backup basically. Right. He was, he was like technically, <laughs> mind-blowing you know the guy at 19 yeah. was doing like you know randy Rhodes and, and and all kinds of stuff and i was just you know playing my open chords and following along you yeah know? okay i i was the writer whatever but he was the, the you know so i was always his, his backup so i decided to step out i said this is not enough for me anymore so i went joined another band where i was the only guitar player but i was playing second fiddle to the bass player and the, and the keyboard player and it helped improve my musical education. Yeah. So I kept going. So I was still doing all this. But then when my son was born and when he was diagnosed, I dropped everything. Right. It, everything stopped because it was, I mean, I was aware, of course, of what autism was, but not to the degree that, you know, how it would change our lives. Yeah, I remember it, uh, music uh, ceased to yeah. exist at my, that point. One of my one of my best friends, um, both his sons are autistic. One on his younger son is on the lower spectrum, mm -hmm. uh, but the uh, his oldest and like Bob said, there was an, a newspaper article or, or, or magazine article where um, so your son only eats chicken McNuggets. What does this mean? And he went, Oh my goodness. You know, that just, it spoke volumes to him because, yeah. you know, his son would do that. Um, the other thing you were talking about the band um, in Bruce's Broadway that's available mm -hmm. on Netflix. He talked about that a band is where you take one plus one and it becomes three. <laughs> He says, you know, regular times, one plus one is two, but a band is one plus one equals three. And he oh, says, yeah. and if it doesn't happen, then it's not a good band, but it truly is that. And, and I can see that. Um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I wanted to go talk about growing up. Where did you grow up? So, um, I was born and bred in Montreal. Okay. In, in in the central and east end part of the island, which is in Quebec and Canada, folks. Okay. And um Are you fluent in French as well? Not as much as I used to be. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> you, know, you, you don't yes. if you don't I, use I'm, it, you lose it, right? Exactly. I'm actually trilingual. Okay. Because <laughs> my parents, my parents are immigrants and they came from Italy in fifty nine. Okay. So I'm first generation Canadian. I guess that's the way you say it. Okay. So I grew up with Italian and um, street French and street English. And then, okay. so yeah, I mean, you still speak French every day, speak English every day. I'm losing the Italian because there's, you know, we're, 
we moved out of Montreal when, again, when my son was diagnosed and we were looking for the best schools available, we, we right. <laughs> went to ran where? from the yeah. island. Yeah, we're, we're off the island now. So, but uh, yeah, so I grew up and um, I have an older sister who's 10 years older than me. Okay. And I was like, I wasn't her little brother. I was like her, her, her little, her little kid, you know, she used to drag yeah. me around everywhere with all her friends. And I grew up with her friends. I had no friends my age. I grew you know, I grew up with the teenagers. So my music was their music growing up. Because so, That was my next question. Is it like, what kind of music did you guys listen to? Was your family musical? And so it? you're all your sister, right? I see the Beatles. Yep. I see the picture behind. So I was born when they broke up. Okay. But that's still my be all end all. Everything for me begins and ends with them. There's still nothing that's come close to what they are. But my sister was totally into music. I mean, my parents, I mean, I grew up with Italian folk music, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, guitar, mandolin, uh, uh, the accordion. It's a totally different world. So there was always music in the household, but it wasn't rock and roll. <laughs> My sister gave me the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, Led Zeppelin, David Bowie, all that stuff. So the 60s and 70s was my, you know, I remember the first song I ever heard on the radio, like in the early or mid 70s. And it was Chris DeBurr. That stays in yeah. my head, right? So Bruce, although I was aware of him. When, when, you know, when you hit that age, 12, 13, 14, right. It was, it was the metal, the hair bands and all that, that was coming out. So I wasn't ready for Bruce. You know, he was too intellectual for me at that time. You know, I was listening to all the go, 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 but yeah, music was always around. It was intense. It it was was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Did I, I, I'm I'm thinking of that um, scene in Almost Famous, right, where the main character's sister is leaving to go become a flight attendant yeah, yeah, or something, yeah. you know, and she she leaves him all those yeah, albums, yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> you know, and and so um, this is an often there are there are themes that I run into in the podcast. Uh, one of Menzo is that if you grew up in the East Coast there's a better than 50% chance you discovered Bruce at summer camp. <laughs> really? That's <laughs> because cool. That just, yes, <laughs> that is. Cool. Yeah. Either, you know, either, uh, either a bunk mate loved Bruce or often a counselor loved mm. Bruce. Um, and another thing is siblings. You either find your musical heroes because of an older sibling or you rebel against that exactly. older sibling and you find your own yeah, theme yeah. or, or you're the oldest and you're an influencer to your younger sibling. So it is that. But yeah. You know, what's so. cool is that, and I can say I've inherited this from my sister also. Um, she loves all kinds of music. Like I said, right. she listens to Zeppelin, Judas Priest, and she listens to ABBA and disco and Celine Dion. And she doesn't make, you know, you know, people categorize. She just loves right. music. You know, you know yeah. she's 10 years older than me and she's still out there listening like, hey, did you hear this one? I'm like, really? Yeah. Wow. You know, like another freaking hard rock band. Like, I'm like, OK, where'd you find this? Yeah. You know, and I love that, that joy. And she's 
she's kind of my muse when it comes to music. I'll write a tune, and then when right. it's finished, I'll make her hear it first because I judge that song by her reaction in a way. Like, you know, someone who just the joy of music. Whereas, you know, sometimes musicians were more critical, were a little bit more hard-boiled, cynical. Like, yeah, that's, that's not good. Yeah. If it puts a smile on her face, it's a good tune. You know? <laughs> when did you first get the itch that you wanted to learn how to play an instrument and after that when did you want to start writing songs i had been i don't know humming melodies in my head whatever for years like from the time i was like nine or ten years old and then i remember i remember i used to air guitar with a with a tennis racket or whatever it was you know sure. like i was like 12 or 13 and i remember doing that to 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 uh, sweet madam blue and uh stairway to heaven and all these songs and then i was like ah you know whatever and i finally ah you know what i want a guitar and i think i started late i was probably like 15 or 16 when i got my first guitar but okay. the minute i brought it home and figured out how to like okay it's in tune i tried to write a song so it was okay. always about writing for me when i i have a good friend uh and I talk about him often on the podcast, a guy named Tom Zoller, and he is um, an artist and a writer. And he talked about, he, he can, he always knew he wanted to draw. Like mm. he knew he wanted to be a cartoonist his whole life. And then a friend of mine, Sarah Hickman, who's now retired. But when I talk to her, she says, I can't remember a time when I wasn't writing songs. You yeah, know, from the I mean, moment I, you know, either melodies in her mind or, you know, nonsense, you know, songs just, you know, yes. just making up nonsense that kind of rhyme. A, a rhyme. Exactly. I remember yeah. I, I was on the other side. I was probably more into writing. Yeah. Because I was a voracious reader. Like at the time, I uh, eight years old, apparently I was reading with a, like a high school equivalency. Okay. Sure. So I was a writer. I used to write poems, short stories. I was that. And what happened is that to write lyrics, I'm my own worst critic. Like I'll start writing a song. I'll write the lyrics out and it'll take me 10 years to finish it because I'm not happy with the way the story goes. So I had to learn to like, okay, you know, but yeah, I always had that. You want to be creative. I, I'm a frustrated singer. So, okay. <laughs> it was always a means to an end to get a message out or a feeling out. Yeah. So I agree. It, it was always there. I just didn't know how to, you know, like, how do I do it? What do I do? You know, I wasn't sure of myself. What was your first band? High school uh, band, which the, okay. the drummer of Steve Cefaloni. Yeah. He is the guy that started when our cover band broke up. I was writing like with him, you know, with the cover band broke up. He went off into another cover band. That's where he met Paul. Uh -huh. So when they, that was sort of finishing off, Steve called us all together because we knew each other. We had met Paul and, and, yeah. and he, he wanted me and Jim and he wanted Paul and he wanted to write, you start an original band and it worked. And it, it was literally 
like within weeks we met, you know, like, okay, what style are you? What style? Are you? Okay. It's going to be a little hard. You're a little jazzy, a little rock, you know, you are the hard rock guys. And the, the personalities gelled, the music gelled. And we're just like, it was, it was a blast. It was a blast with the boys. It's, what, it's, <laughs> you, uh, I, and, and there's a method to my madness, but where did you play? Where did we you never, play? that's the sad part. We spent, we right away, we started writing. Yeah. We, we were locked into that basement we were fine tuning and we recorded, we did everything. We played like one time. Oh, that's live. a shame. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, like it doesn't bother me so much now, but you know, before it was like, damn, we're right there. We broke up right then. It's like, yeah. okay, we have our stuff. Let's go. So and it- uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to really recommend you um, to get the free 10 day Apple TV subscribe oh, the- watch that di- uh, documentary because he talked about playing at you know you know bar mitzvahs and yeah, of course, cyos yeah. and the vfws and just all these different places they would play uh to get in front of an audience it didn't matter yeah. Uh, yeah. in his biography he would talk about that you would go to a bar and say we will play free you know, yeah, yeah. And, and all would we'll, we'll pass the hat, whatever, exactly. whatever we I, get from the hat, that's what we're going to get. I, I think we, we joke in the last two, three years that we've been, you know, back together or whatever. Yeah. We, we, I think between, excuse me, between Steve and Paul, I think we calculated they have like 10,000 shows under their belt. Yeah. From all the gigs that they did and jam nights and all this and all that. Yeah. And it was like, you know, and they're always, they're always out. They're always working, 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 you know, yeah. until it, it became like, oh, you know, <laughs> because you're not doing what you really want to do of your own yeah. music. So it starts to like, eh, you know, whereas well, me and the other guy, we're always like sitting home writing and just trying to, you know, yeah. at one point I realized, damn, I got like 80 songs written. What am I doing with them? You know, <laughs> you know Sarah tells the story that, um, you know, she was playing anywhere she could in the late 80s, early 90s, just trying to do what she can. And, uh, you know, she's playing at a pizza place and she's trying <laughs> to play a original song. And somebody said, play Louie Louie, which except use the B. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and she's just. And, and yeah, it, no, you know, it, it wasn't happening. That was not the scene back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not the scene. Mm-hmm. So you guys um, do a lot of music together now. Now, um, yeah. pre-COVID, were you guys trying to perform live or is so, this more now than because you can do digital and you can do video and you can do, I mean, there, it is much easier now to write a, it is not easy to write a song, but it is easier to collaborate and collaborate yeah. and to get that out there. Like here yeah. is via the different social media platforms. So what happened to, to join, to fill in the missing decades? Yeah. <laughs> so back then we actually recorded 12 or 13 songs. Yeah. Something like that. And it was, it was, we did it. So it's not a, studio recording but it was it wasn't bad yeah you hear that the songs are good tunes the passion was there but some of the technology that we used and some of the stuff was like me so this sat on my shelf for 20 years wow now going back going back to my sons 
my little one, by the age of two, he was, you know, he's singing Eleanor Rigby. He knew, he knew the lyrics to like 50 Beatles songs by the time he was three. Yeah. So, you know, and I, you know, listen to this, listen to the, so one day he picks up this, literally this thing, which is sort of the CD that we made back right. then. He goes, what's this? I go, that is my band from a long time ago. Oh, you know, no, no, Michael, they don't exist anymore, but you can listen to it. So the little one, cause he's, he, he gets, he got the, the bug too from his aunt and from his dad that he loves music. Right. He's, you know, I, he's running around the yard and he's singing songs off the album. I'm like, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> and then with everything that I went through with the older one, that, like I said, learning not to judge, I said, you know what? Life is too freaking short. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta clean up the past. Right. So I, I spoke, first of all, I, I'm still in touch with, I was still in touch regularly with the guitar player, Jim. I found Paul. I called him up out of nowhere. He's like, is he coming to kill me? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh my God. Okay. So we met and we met in a bar and we just sat there and chatted for like four hours or whatever it was, you know, like, hey. Then the next week I went and see Steve and I cleared the air with him. And I literally, it was like, whether or not you guys know or understand I just needed to like make amends and clear whether or not, you know, like you, you don't understand the way I was thinking back then. So you guys are too important to me to, you know, I don't care about music. I really don't. It's the friendship I want back. Yeah. So I invited them over, had a barbecue, just the four of us sat there drinking beer and eating chicken wings. And we're just like, cool. You know? So we started chatting again and everything. And then I said, guys, can I release the old stuff? Do what you want. Okay. So I started working on all that old stuff and, and by updates, because Steve had sold his drums. Paul hadn't played or done anything in over 10 years. And, and Jim neither. Mm-hmm. I, I'd work on a song. I, I had to transcribe so you can work on it today digitally. So I started now, cleaning them up. I want to pause. Have you, had you kept dabbling in music just for your own entertainment over that time? Writing I, songs, I, playing with your, you know, just doing stuff for your own entertainment. A little bit. I had, okay. like I said, when Connor was diagnosed, I stopped. Okay. The guitars were put in a case and put in a room and they literally rusted to death. Okay. Okay. Literally like, and, and it, it, it was unfortunate. It was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Because well, it, it, no, it, it was the right thing to do, but it was the wrong thing to yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, so- you're focused on being, being a good provider. Yeah. You know, You're being there, to, there for to, your spouse, being there for your son. You know, you've got a day gig. You're, you know, and then any extra time, you're trying to make sure you're there for your son and your, 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 your partner. Jesse, and, you're trying not to go crazy. Exactly. Those first five years, we, we moved when Connor was six years old. Yeah. Okay. Because he was just starting school. First six years of his life, he never slept more than two hours at a time. Wow. So he'd sleep for two hours. He'd be up for three. He'd sleep Mm. for two. He'd be up for three. So I would get up at like three in the morning and take him for a ride. (laughs) Just to like, let's hopefully he falls asleep again. Yeah. So that was, there was no, my wife stopped working 
and became basically his therapist or whatever you want to call it. You know, she's, she taught herself. She's been to Boston. She's been to New York. She's been courses. We've dragged that kid everywhere. She sacrificed to become his primary therapist. Right. You know, to the point where, like you said, if you know parents with autistic children, there's not a lot of services and what there is you pay for yes like very much and that was that was my favorite thing that happened we went to a speech therapist and it's 115 dollars an hour and the second first sentence she says to us is well what do you think i should do why are we paying you <laughs> yeah why exactly. the Mm, are yeah. we paying you yes. you know like you know and this and everybody you know we're here to help you but it's 75 dollars for a phone consult for half yeah yeah okay we're gonna learn how to do this on our own thanks well, and we'll and trust ourselves while there certainly <laughs> was a little bit of internet not a the amount of social oh, media yeah. that there is yeah. now like like you know now then there is i'm sure you know, online communities and, and, and much more resources where you could go. Okay. Yes. What it's what the support. You, it's yeah. more of the support than anything else, because Absolutely. I, I don't remember the exact number. There was some quote or, or an article that 85% of marriages and special needs yeah. don't make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've come close, you know? Yeah. I'm going to put that pillow over your head tonight. <laughs> it's, 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 we joke, you know, my wife, I have apnea, right? So my wife jokes, I'm going to plug the machine tonight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, we, I do joke about my wife and I've been married over 35 years. And like, I joke about that, um, you know, uh, like 37 years and 35 of them have been happy. The other two, um, <laughs> different, different times, you know, have not been good. But cumulative, cumulative. Yeah, cumulative yeah. yeah, there is. Um, and yeah, I mean, my good friend whose two sons were, uh, autistic, you know, he and his wife, it didn't last. Now no. the beauty <laughs> of this, and I, I tell this story and I, I'm not using names, but, um, there was a point where they separated, you know, they got a divorce and there was, a um, holiday. I don't remember if it was Easter or Christmas, but there was um, my friend, his new girlfriend, his mm. girlfriend's children, he and his ex-wife's children, his ex-wife and her new boyfriend all in the same pew. And it all went. And they good? all, they yeah, That's and good. they all went. And so when they each remarried, they were at the other person's wedding. That's awesome. Because they That's said, cool. and then they said, this is the way it should be. We have two boys that were raising together. Um, you know, there's, yeah. they said, you know, we went through raising two special needs children, the financial, you know, the challenges of that, just it, it, you know, I still love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore. No, and it, we it, need to it, do you this. have, you have nothing left to give. Right. That's what happens. Yeah. I went through burnout. Let's see what we're in. What is it? 20 years of COVID now? Wait, what year was this? <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, through all this stuff, you just don't remember. You, I, I don't yeah. place dates anymore. Right. But I would say about three or three, four years ago. Yeah. 
I'm always, I've always been the optimist and the like, you know, go, go, go. And just as bad as it is tomorrow will be better and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I, I burnt out. I, I hit depression. Yeah. I didn't realize it. Right. But I was like, you know, I'd go to work and I'm like, I'm looking for a fight. Yeah. I'm looking to take it out on somebody. And, yeah. and, and it clicked on me that, you know, and at that point, Connor was also having seizures. So it's like he goes to a special needs school where it's, you know, they take care of him. But when they when he has a seizure, go get him. So it's like yeah. I go to work, I get there, I'd be there 30 minutes. He had a seizure. Go get him. OK. <laughs> yeah. Take off. Yeah. So all this was just building up. And I, and I realized that I said I grabbed my boss and he, he's pretty understanding. I was like, I go, I need I need a break. I need to get the hell out of here. I'm going to I'm going to kill somebody. I'm yeah. looking to somebody's going to say yeah. something to me. I, I, they're going to set me yeah. off and I'm going to do more harm for your company by being here than by not being here. So I took my time off. I, I <laughs> went and see the shrink, went and see the psycho aunt, whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and and then I realized, is that what it is to be depressed? Sitting on the couch, staring at the ceiling for sitting on the couch, sitting staring at the ceiling for six hours. That's depression. Ah, okay. Yeah, I get it now. You know, um, Bruce has the, the Bruce has the song "Factory." You know, and um, the very last verse is "End of the day, factory whistle cries." Men walk through the gates with death in their eyes. <laughs> and you just better believe, boy, someone's going to get hurt tonight. It's the working, the working, just the working life. Yeah. You know, yeah, it nails it, it, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it, Bruce, oh my God, it, it, it was at the wrong time. It was, I yeah. was searching for, you know, but Bruce, along with, I don't know, I probably have five or 10, I don't want to say bucket list, but there, there's like these artists that, I regret so much that Bruce is one of those guys that you have to start at the beginning. I think right. you have to go to that first album and work your way back. Like there's a bunch of guys, like there's bands that I regret that I didn't get into then. You know, yeah. Bruce is one super tramp is another um, Peter Gabriel yeah. Dylan to a certain extent, you know, they're all stuff that I'm aware of, but it's like, Oh God, I want, you know, <laughs> you want more. Yeah. You know, and you have to get back into it. And, and you know, like he, he is a, he is a poet. He is a true yeah. poet and he's, 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 you know, he nails it. He gets it. You know, he gets yeah. it. You know, there's that little bit of Dylan. There's a little bit of Neil Young in him. There's a, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, amazing. yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah. So to, to finish off, yeah, I, 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 I got through my depression and I go, okay, let's try going back to work and and the anxiety was that i'm leaving the home early because i'm now now i'm an hour away from work where we lived yeah. where we moved to so you know the days are long and she's alone with him or and she's got two kids you know and it's the anxiety of of what was happening here and then not being able to do my job correctly where i was was eating me alive sure so then i hate to say it luckily covid hit yeah and that's when I made a decision. You know what? No, I'm, I'm, I gotta stay with her. I, I yeah. will figure out something, but it's, it's gonna, it's gonna kill her. It's gonna kill me. <laughs> I'll kill her. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. And I saw it while I was home. You know, it was easier. And, and, 
you know, he's a, he's a strong kid, you know, dad's like six, four and 260 pounds. So, you know, yeah. a 16 year old kid there, he's getting, if he wants to push you away, he pushes you away. Yeah. Right. So with me around, he's much more calm and he's changed. I mean, we went through a rough spot three, four years ago where he was aggressive. Yeah. He was, you know, and it, it was, it was, I had to stop, you know, one of the things that were, that's famous around here is that I do, um, summer barbecue where we have everybody over like 20 people and I'll, yeah. I'll do brisket. I'll do Texas style brisket and I'll okay. smoke it. And I do the whole, you know, the whole thing. And we stopped doing it because some of my other friends with the younger kids, I didn't want them. Right. Not because he was going to, not because he was mean, but he's going to, you know, he doesn't know his strength. So I stopped all that and we're starting to reintegrate it now because he's so much more calm. That's good. And, and his behavior is so much better, you know? So it's like, you know, he's always laughing. He, he has his good days and bad days like all of us. And, and I also think there has to be the added pressure of making sure your younger son oh God. Gets, <laughs> gets the equal, gets his, gets, gets his part of mom and dad, right? You have so nailed that. And sometimes I feel like a failure in that. Yeah. And that's something that drives me nuts. That's something that we've tried, but just because of the situation, he had no peers growing up. Yeah. Growing up with his brother. I mean, he, for him, it's normal. Right. He doesn't know any different. I mean, he's a sweet kid. He's a, you know, he's such a, a, a giving soul. He's a giving soul, but mm -hmm. it's not the same for him. You know, he, yeah. he, he didn't know how to play with other kids when he went to school. It was like, yeah, but I play with Connor. Like, no, 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 no. You can't, you know? Yeah, exactly. A huge learning experience for him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like, there's a part of me, you know, every once in a while, you know, the ugly head of guilt does creep out, but I'm like, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in guilt is useless. Like, I, don't I believe totally in agree. Yeah. All, it, all it's there for is to, you know? Yeah. But every once in a while, when I'm looking at him and I know that he doesn't. Yeah. It, it, it hits, it hits. So. And, and that's human nature. And, and, yeah. you know, and, and no matter how much you do, you know, like I, uh, what is the Maya Angelou quote, you know, uh, I, I did the best I could. And when I knew better, I did better. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly I'm, I'm messing that I, up, but yes. No, no, but it, it, yeah. you, you, Jesse, it is that you yeah. can only do what you can possibly. I mean, you know, yeah. hindsight is 2020 20 and all that. Yeah. That's, I went back to fix what I could fix Yeah, with my friends. I yeah. can't go back to take away autism from him. No. It's there. And I've learned to live with it. And like I said, he's taught us so much. I mean, yeah, yeah. the journey never ends. Right. right. <laughs> you, so, so I interrupted ahead. you. And, and so you, you asked, you, you've gotten the band back together. Literally. I've gotten the friends back. Yeah. The friends back together. And friends. you talked was... about, would you mind me doing some of the old music? And they said, fine. fine. So take <laughs> me from there. What happened? So what happened is I start getting all this old stuff and I start working on it. And everyone wants to know, like, Hey guys, listen, what do you think? And they're all starting to get excited. So like Steve builds a freaking drum set. Paul starts doing, you know, like, starts telling me what are you doing with this what are you doing like everybody's got like oh what's happening here oh, okay yeah. let's do something 
well, what are we going to do? <laughs> we're all like one guy, you know, we're all an hour away from each other nowadays. Right. We all have kids. We all have the, <laughs> it's yeah. not going to happen the way, you know? So for, for like six months to a year, we're just hanging out, having fun virtually a couple right. of times in person. And I'm, I'm, you know, like, okay, let's, let's do something with it. What are we going to do? Let's do a new, let's do it new. Let's, you know, we were back and forth what to do. And I'm like, guys, eventually it was just like, just let me release this and see what happens. We did write a new song and it was all basically virtual. It's an awesome tune. So it, that one's out also. I'm going to plug it. It's called sunny days. Go find it. <laughs> and, I was going to uh, ask you, where can we find some of this stuff? Um, the soul Masons, that new original song and the new re-release of that album from back then is soulmasons.com. Uh, there you can find us on from YouTube, TikTok, okay. Facebook, Instagram. Okay. You know, they're all uh, Spotify, okay. obviously iTunes are all there. So what happened is we finally like the guys like, okay, leave me alone. Just let me finish this, get this out. So it came out last April. <laughs> so it's been gestating for like three years. You know, I'd come down at four in the morning and work on mixing it. Okay. He's up, go back. <laughs> so that's, that's how it works. But, and on the side, when this is happening, like we did the other new song, which was fun because it's like, okay, well, you know, we're getting back into it. I think all this little talk, like lit a match under everybody else to get back into music. Like Paul now, like, you know, with Paul, he's doing all kinds. He's totally yeah. back into music. He's writing, he's recording. He always had that entrepreneurship for, for social media. You see what he does. And he's dragging me along with him, which I love him for. I mean, he does all the hard work and I just like ride the coattails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. And it was like, so now it's like, we have so many things just like, you know, hovering, you know, the, the old, the old band is, is sort of there. Whenever we're ready to do something, we'll do something. Paul's got, he's working on his stuff. I'm working on my solo stuff, which without Paul, I would never have done. So it's funny how I started the ball rolling, but we, we, we you know, they each kind of yeah. found your own path. Yeah. And it, it's, it's been such a blast the, the, the last year and a half, you know, like I mean, even before it, it, the, the camaraderie of the four guys, when we get together and just talk, <laughs> I mean, like you saw the way we went, we go for yeah. like six hours, nonsense like nonsense just talking and we're just having a blast <laughs> like really like you know old friends that like you like bruce said the high school buddies that you don't see anymore these are the yeah. ones you still see they're the only ones you still see so that's that's great it's, it's amazing you know and it's it's fun because with me and paul now the partnership that we have where you know like he sends me a finished tune and i'm, I'm sort of like i'll critique it and say do this do that do this and he won't do it he won't do what I tell him to do, uh -huh. but he'll think about what I said and just do something else. So it still pushes him to do something. Like I sent him just the other day, I sent him a guitar track for one of his songs. He's like, yeah, but I didn't want to. Oh, wait a minute. I could do your guitar track as keyboards. I'm like go for it. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. We do that all the time. You know, it's yeah. like, go, <laughs> you know, because he's Paul. Paul is so creative. He's so creative. But like I tell him all the time, I go, 
you're you're barely finishing a you're already to x yeah. <laughs> you've, you've done everything you're like go back just slow yeah. down go back yeah, yeah finish amazing. this thing do that yeah absolutely um yeah. besides the beatles who would you say are your biggest influences <clears throat> uh that's that's a hard question though okay that is a hard question because music you know every day it's a different you know like the yeah. beatles for me they're yes my favorite are they my biggest influence i would hope they are but i don't think i'm that talented okay <laughs> you know lennon is amazing john lennon is incredible yeah and and if you follow that line guys that inspire me by the way they sing and write chris cornell yeah is amazing to me was amazing well they're both gone but anyway chris yeah. cornell blew my mind just so you know and i wasn't even a fan of soundgarden i'm right. a fan of chris cornell yeah it, it just, he's amazing um i love zeppelin I, I i love the who see it's all stuff before i was born yeah <laughs> bowie 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 prince they just yeah, sheer genius of, of, of these guys that they can, you know, metamorphosize who they were yeah. into something else and change genres. And, like, you know, that's that's something I hate that the 70s did. I love the 70s, but I hate the fact that, you know, we. Yeah, we started doing this. Yeah. Well, it has to be this. It has to be this. My favorite album of all time is the White Album. Yeah. Because there's so much on that. And I understand why people, you know, I don't want to hear a song about a, a dog called Martha. What the hell is that? But then you have, you know, everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. So it's like, I love that. And I know that today that's not the way it is. And it hasn't been like that for a long time. It's hard for people to digest and get out of the comfort zone and say, oh, you know, like, wow. You know how it is. People don't yeah. want to be disturbed, you know? Right. When Bruce sings a lyric that, you know, makes you think, a lot of people don't want to think. You know, remember yeah. Dylan, same thing, you know? People, ah, no, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. But I like that. I think music is supposed to be there. I love the Sex Pistols. They're horrible. I love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's the joy of music, you know? So, I'll listen to anything. I love classical music, man. I'm, I'm, I, 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 the thing I constantly say is if it makes you tap your foot or think it's a good song, that's yeah. all it has to do. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's good. That's well said. Absolutely. It doesn't, you know, you yeah. don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. I mean, you know, it's a good tune. It's a good tune. Like, um, you were talking about your friend that does, what was it? The, a song for every decade of your life. Yeah. When you had talked about that and I'm like, okay. well, just one song. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's no way I could pick just one song for every decade. It, it, that'd be insane. There's so many good tunes. There's so many, every, every era has, you know, like for me, like I said, the sixties, there's something magical about that. The creativity of that, you know, the seventies is much more cynical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You know, sure. But there's there's a beauty in that cynicism. Like like today, I, I consider myself uh, an optimistic cynic. That's what I am today. Okay. So 
so so that stuff like yeah i love that that kind of eh. but uh yeah it's 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 definitely always going to be the beatles led zeppelin is a huge influence too very okay. big um cornell um in the last 10 years johnny cash yeah you know that's one of those guys that's on that list with bruce and dylan and yeah that you went oh my god you know how did i miss this and oh my god what a career he had yeah you know <laughs> just yeah. like whoa blows it you know like you know there, there's guy that's it's stuff that like i don't know if it's geographical i don't know if it's just what it is it's like you're aware of them but you don't hear them. i mean yeah in the states you guys country is huge right you know it's not huge here where i am right so it's like you know but it, it's there but you go back and i'm like Waylon jennings holy smokes man yeah he's amazing well and you know last year <laughs> um ken burns did that country music documentary and uh, when you think about, and, and I, I plug this all the time, if you've not watched it, it is definitely worth the time. And it talks about that there's this one weekend in this little bitty town in Tennessee, this guy recorded the um, Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family yeah. okay, on the yeah. same weekend he recorded them. And when you start exploring almost everything from country music came from those two bands, <laughs> you know, that including like, you know, mother Mabel Carter was Johnny Cash's, you know, mother-in-law, you know, yeah. and just in Jimmy Rogers, the influence of that and, and how, and in one of my favorite podcasts is a history of rock and roll and 500 songs. That's a guy from uh, England is doing it. And he does a song every week. Oh, that's cool. Um, and uh, it take, it's about an hour. And he, you know, he covers all the different connections. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's a lot of work. Yeah, My it gosh. is. And he does a lot wow. of in-depth research, right? Um, and, but it is amazing. Rock and roll is made up of so many different people in this country it, it is very clear the roots come from these two people and almost every branch has come from there. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, it's, yeah. There's a, you know, like folk. Yeah. There, there's a part of country to me that, that, cause I love folk. Yeah. But there's that middle ground between country and folk. And I think that's where it's at its best. The two of them. Yeah, exactly. You know what I, mean? I do. That, yeah. And see, I so, have the same feeling about you, about Dylan. I, I know, I know the hits, right? And it's one of those things where I know that um, I should go back to the beginning and, and follow his path. Yeah. And, and all the different journeys of him uh because him, <clears throat> sorry him it's it's even more daunting what do you have what does he have like 50 albums at this point yeah like bruce is in the 20s now yeah bruce is doable <laughs> yeah but you know dylan like how do you go through you know uh you know his his oh, go from folk me. to electric yeah his, that, just that religious you know. phase you know exactly. this all these different oh, things yeah it's gosh. just crazy yeah like even bowie 
Bowie's yeah. like my sister's my my sister actually had all his albums on vinyl. Yeah. So that's like 40 records or 50 records. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. I appreciate the genius of the man, but I, I just yeah. Wow, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, is, but it, it, I'm I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice if I don't make the effort. Like sure. just the other day, just on regular, you know, radio. Local radio, they played uh, uh, what's the song? Uh, a logical song from Super Tramp. And I'm yeah, like, why don't I have one of their CDs? What yes. is wrong what is with it? me? Yeah, exactly, yes. Oh, yeah, you know, like, and I'm I'm literally like, mm. Michael's like, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? This is a good band. You should listen to this band. You know, I fed him Maiden. I fed him Deep Purple. I fed him Black Sabbath. I haven't fed him Super Tramp. Like, yeah. <laughs> now, does he bring bands to you? Not yet. He's only eleven. Okay. So, another, so you know, they're at that now. Now, a couple he's, of years he's, from now, he will, right? Uh, I don't know. I hope so, Jesse. But they're you know YouTube gamers now. That's what. Oh that yeah, generation that's true. Is. Well, you know, my son is thirty-one, and his music is um, WWE. Uh, you know, entrance songs. <laughs> like if you name his favorite songs, like you know, <laughs> Stone Cold coming in. You know, Jesse. You, you, today the little mm, mm-hmm. he's going around humming Macho Man's entrance theme. Yeah, remember Randy Macho Man? The, yeah. the, the whatever that it's a, yeah. a Mozart or Bach or whatever the hell it is. I don't remember. Yeah. He's like running around doing that. I'm like, <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? But that's cool. But that's cool because at least it's something. Yes. It's something. It's hopefully yeah. a stepping stone, you know? Now, what's uh, <laughs> what's funny is over this past weekend was Father's Day. And uh, he came over and spent the weekend with us. Um, he lives in he lives in Dallas, but he's got his own place. And so uh, so like for Mother's Day or Father's Day or, you know, holidays, he'll just come yeah, and he comes, spend sure. the weekend. And, um, so we, we, he had never, he and Linda had never watched, um, Netflix, Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Right. Yeah. So we watched it and there's a song that my listeners will know very well. It's called the wish. And it's a song Bruce wrote about for his mother. Okay. And, um, and Bruce, uh, Chris had never heard it. And, um, the, um, and there is a um he talks about that his mother now has alzheimer Mm -hmm. and um and he talks about how much she loved dancing and he says Mm -hmm. even when even to this day when his mom comes and visits they make sure there's music out there and um and there's the lyrics um he said um he says it's a funny old world mom where a little boy's wishes come true well i've got a few left in my pocket and a special one just for you it ain't no phone call on sunday flowers are a mother's day card it ain't no house on a hill with a garden and a nice little yard I got my hot ride down on Bond Street. I'm older, but you'll know me in a glance. We'll find us a little rock and roll bar and baby, we'll go out and dance. And the song is all about 
that's what he knows his mom wants his yeah, wish it, it, he and his mom it, can go dance see he has such um what's the word i'm looking for bruce bruce has this ability to just bang yeah. right here he gets you yeah he's, he's he, i don't know him from a hole in the wall but right. he strikes me as a type of guy I could sit down with at a table and share a glass of wine or share a beer or share yeah. whatever and just relate. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. He is not, he's not full of BS. It's just, no. he is so there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't put it any other way. And, and that's why that's like, oh, that's beautiful. That's yeah. sim- so simplistic yet so beautiful. And, and magical you know? when he when he does it on Broadway, he talks about because the lyric is, I've got my hot rod. I'm older, but you'll know me in a glance. Yeah. And he says, you'll know me and leaves it. And he doesn't say it implies, but she has Alzheimer now. Yeah. yeah she yeah. won't know him. No. And right. it just breaks your heart. And so yeah. um, Monday or Tuesday night. Chris was home and um, I love him, but like 11 at night, he started texting like, I'm thinking about the wish dad and he's quoting lyrics and going on. And I'm like, Hey, I appreciate that. But you know, it's, 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 I- I'm old. I need to get some sleep, <laughs> but, uh, Piss off, laddie. <laughs> but you know, but have, you're just have so you taken glad. him? Have you taken him to a show? Yes. Um, okay, we, cool. we've done That's two. Cool. We went, um, we went and saw him in Oklahoma City, uh, and the only reason he went is okay. We'll just do a dad. We'll do a guy strip, yeah, right? Whatever. We'll just I... go. And he, you know, and he came back, and uh, I actually have an episode where I hit recording on the app in my phone, and in the car we just talked about the concert. Awesome. And then, uh, awesome. and then uh, we got a chance to go see him at um, at the, you know, at the Met arena in Jersey, right. Mm. Where the giants play. And, um, we went together. And so Chris is ready to go again. He just, um, so he gets it. Yeah. He, he gets, gets it. it. Yeah. He gets it a lot. That's yeah. awesome. Justin. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's... Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> now, uh, I love that because music is what heals you. Yeah, it is. It's been around for thousands of years. You know, we used to do it before we could speak language. They right. used, you know, sticks to hit on. on, on yeah. stuff. We've communicated with it. It's been there since the beginning and it heals your soul. So this, <laughs> when people ask me, what is your podcast about? And I go mm-hmm. for the past over five years, I've been talking to fans from across the world a fan of not only Bruce Springsteen, but other musicians. And truly the, the podcast is about the power and the magic of music, rock and roll, you know, because um, I mean, let's face it. I'm sure there were times when you were frustrated and, and, and downhearted, as you said, fighting depression and you, you put on your headphones and you listen to a song and I'm going to lose myself into this song for a minute or this album yep. to help me cope. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All the time. All yeah. the time. 
I, I yeah. mean, it, it was, doesn't have to be one particular artist. There could have been different songs, whatever. But yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you want to be morose and you get into a depressive song. There is. <laughs> it's, it's that's the worst thing you could do, but it happens. Right? There is that time where you just want to feel. You know, it it goes back to when you're a teenager and your heart's broken. And, uh, oh, I can remember my heart was broken once. And uh, Linda Ronstadt's version of Different Drum, where, you know, you and um, you and I, we travel to a different drum. And I'm not yeah. saying you aren't worthy, but I'm not saying I'm looking for a boy who wants only me. And, uh, you know, and it's just this you're just I'm just bawling to myself that this girl <laughs> that I just knew was my soulmate um, you know, um, isn't going to, you know, she doesn't love me No, and, uh, it is, yeah. You know, the, you know, that's, that's what I try to explain when I talk about music. Yeah. There's always a song at some point in your life that's glued to that experience, experience that, that moment when some people don't realize it. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, oh, well, no, I'm not into music. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that if somebody probed the inside of your head, there is a moment where there's a song that stands out. And it, it's like, not deja vu, you know, you ever have that experience where, where like that smell of freshly cut grass brings you back to yeah. music does the same thing. It triggers something in your brain, you know, yeah. and, but we all have that moment that we like, like you, you know, I remember when you're telling this story, I'm thinking, what was it? A white snake song that I was listening to back then in high school. Yeah. Probably. It's probably, I was listening to David Coverdale, how like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but that's, it's those moments, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you know, growing up as a teenager, you, you know, like I mean, it was Guns N' Roses, it was, it was Aerosmith, it was Whitesnake, it was all that stuff. And it was like, you, it spoke to you. It's gibberish. I look back at it now, I laugh at it. But at that time, it means something. You know? It was. It means something. Yeah. And <laughs> so. it is, it is, um, it, it is powerful and it speaks to you and it, it, it carries us, you know, that times when, um, when it's hard, that music does lift your spirits and lift your soul and, and it helps you to carry on. I'll give you a little example. Sure. When my son was what, a year old or two years old, I used to sing a little nursery rhyme to him or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's 16. I still sing it to him today. And he yeah. still smiles when he hears it. And I know, you know, I know he remembers and I yeah. know that, you know, he, he appreciates it. He can't tell me, he can't say it, but it's there. So it's like, you know, it, I know it, I know it. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's like I, to come full circle when I finally accepted him for who he was. And that he taught me that I should accept myself for who I am. And I got back with the other guys and it's come full circle. I mean, every day is a trying or learning experience or whatever you want to call it. There's good days, there's bad days, but yeah. I am so much more at peace with him, with my wife, with my little one, with my friend, you know, it's like life is too short 
to throw it away on stupidities. Yeah. Well said, my friend. You no. Know? Well said. So it just, it just, you try and do the best. I mean, and yeah, like I make plans. Today I'm recording. Today I'm not recording. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. You know, it happened. Yeah. Whatever. I, I, I stopped, you know, like my wife's like, eh, just calm down. Don't make right. plans. She's like, yeah, but I need, I need, I need, a, we need to have a routine in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a routine. We're alive. We're breathing. It's okay. We're hanging in there. Good. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's my thing. And, and music, music is a huge part of that now. It, for that's a long time, beautiful. it wasn't, but it's, it's, yeah. And I'm it's so all... happy. That's great. <laughs> All right, soulmasons.com. Soulmasons.com. Check out some groovy tunes. It's uh, a little bit of everything. Okay. A little bit of everything. A little bit of rock, a little bit of roll, a little bit of jazz, a little bit of blues, a little bit of... But, 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 they make you think. That's good. All right, before I let you go, I got to ask you the merry question. So I had warned you beforehand, for those of you who do not normally listen to Set Lessons, Bruce, Classic that team. you are Enzo fans, and so you're listening to this and go, "What the hell is the Mary question?" Jay Armstrong is an honors; he is a retired honors English teacher that first came up with this. He every year his seniors would take apart Bruce Bruce Springsteen's song "The Thunder Road" and treat it as a poem. They would read the lyrics, they would compare this to other poems, including like Rob from. Uh, Robert Frost, they look at the imagery of the song, and at the very end of the two days, he would ask the question, does Mary get in the car? And that is your question, Enzo. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I will preface my answer by stating this. As a lyricist yes. and a writer, when someone asks me what the song is about, yeah, my answer is, whatever you want it to be. That is excellent. Yes. <laughs> but she gets in the car. Okay. That's the way I want to see it. Right. It has nothing to do with how Bruce wrote it and what he meant. That's the way I want to see it. And that's the way people should see it. So about 60-40 <laughs> is the split. About 60% yeah. say she gets in the car. About 40% says she doesn't. And has uh, anybody ever actually tried to nail Bruce down and has he told them to... Well, so and, and my, my thought is someone had told me if you ever had Bruce as a guest, you would you'd have to quit asking the question. And I thought back, uh, Isaac Asimov was uh, is a science fiction writer that a master. Um, yeah, the, one of the masters. And, and as a kid, you know, as a high school kid, I loved his his novels, his short stories. I just truly one of my favorite writers growing up and I remember in his autobiography and I've told the story a hundred times on the podcast but um, he was doing a lecture and um, he gets to a story and he explains what the story's about hmm. and a guy in the audience says Dr. Asimov that's not what the story's about and Isaac says I wrote the story <laughs> makes you of course I know what it's about. And his, his audience member said, just because you wrote the story, what makes you think you know what it's about? Hmm. And Isaac in his autobiography said, I thought for a minute and I said, you're absolutely right. 
the story is what you, my reader, thinks it's about. And so my point is, it yes, it would be interesting to hear if Bruce thinks Mary gets in the car. Yeah. But the reality is that is not the only answer. No, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter because everybody is entitled to their own opinion and their own point of view. Like yes. to quote another famous fictional character, it's all in your point of view, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that 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 I love that that ambiguity. I can't say the word. Jesse helped me. Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Yes. Ambiguity. My yeah. God, I'm not enough coffee today. Yeah. Thank you. It, it, that's what it is. It. Yeah. It. A, a song, a poem, a piece of literature is supposed to mean something to you, but it can mean something different at, at different moments in time. Yes. That's the beauty of it. And and so I think that... She gets in the car, man. She gets yeah. in the car. She kicks him out and takes off with the car. Exactly. And there's... <laughs> right? There is... Um, what a good there, tune. What a yeah, such a good there tune. There is... That is um, there... A... A song, pick any song, you know, is going to mean something different to you today than it did when you were 16 mm. or when you were 25. And, and you know, it. great songs grow with us. Yeah. And they learn to adjust, you know, that the meanings are there. And so I think that's exactly what you, you know, you're perfectly said, my friend. Yeah, it is. I mean, a song that I remember huge mm -hmm. during that summer when you were 16 yeah. is Good Times, Bad Times from Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that was like that was the song because I even made the cassette. Right. Folks, you know what a cassette is, folks? You know, two sides. Three. Well, I just had someone <laughs> talk about that. He says, remember the big boom boxes that had the two cassette decks? He said, my first uh, you know, Badlands was the first Bruce Springsteen song that I taped off someone else's cassette. That was the there first go. thing, you know, you right? That's what it is. We used to make those cassettes to play them yeah. in the car. So, yeah. And yeah. the song was actually called Good Times, Bad Times, because on the side one were the good times, party, born to be wild, yeah. uh, good time, you know, and the, the other side were she loved, she doesn't love me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's Every day there could be a song. Every yeah. day, you know. So yeah. I don't know. That's I don't. I don't. <laughs> is that an actual question you want me to answer? What song means? No, you know? no. I just wanted to. <laughs> no, I, I am going to give you a chance, though. Any final thoughts you want to share? Oh, uh, there was something that you had said. I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask you a question about. Okay. Bruce. What was my question? That song is what, 1975, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's his first big album. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the the story goes that um, his first two albums had not done well, critically acclaimed, but not sold anything. Sold, yeah. And so he knew he had to have a home run on his third album. And so Born to Run is um the album and you know thunder road it opens and um and then you know it it gave and then he went yeah so thunder road it opens up born to run so why in my head am i aware of darkness of the edge of town that's so, after 
Yeah, that's the next album, and that's the because um, I'm literally eight years old. Yeah, that comes and, out in '78, right? Yeah, and so yeah. exactly, and so he um, he had in between that he had a lawsuit with his original manager. Okay, uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they he was he could not record in a studio, and wow. so yeah, there was a restraining order. And so he finally settled, and that's when there was a big gap between darkness, you know, born to running darkness. Um, and um, it is, it's very interesting because in his biography, he tells his story and he says, and Mike Appel, who was his manager, he says, has a totally different side. And he gives yes. the name of Mike's book and says, I recommend you reading his book. Wow. to hear a side of it um he said because you know mike believed in me when no one else would and you know and got me started um so yeah it's he, crazy he, he is he's incredible he really is incredible yeah, he is. yeah for some reason i remember that title yeah and i'm eight years old so i don't know i probably know the songs on it of course if i hear them i'll know yeah. them right but, but that phrase, I remember it from on the edge of town. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Which is like, what an <clears> epic, <throat> you know. I mean, that phrase, you know. Yeah. What a picturesque, you know. I mean, it sounds like you know a film noir. A foreboding, you know, like, yeah. Whoa, exactly. Yes. Whoa, what's this about? You know, and yeah. I and and it's it's in my subconscious. Absolutely. No, it's totally in my subconscious. Born to Run is because I know it. I mean, it's so yeah. famous. It's epic. Yeah. You know, and 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 as as we talked about my buddy Sam, you know, he will every once in a while say, you know, I just wish he wouldn't do Born to Run and he'd do a different song. And I'm like, Sam, he has to. it's someone's he has to. it's someone's first Bruce show. Yeah. Every I mean, concert, every show is someone's first Bruce show. And how disappointed are you going to be if you go exactly? See it's Bruce like and you don't hear to born to run. There's a. Have you ever read the the um, the Doors biography? No. Okay, so Jim Morrison did not want to play "Light My Fire" anymore. He hated the song. Yeah. He loved the song, but he was so fed up. But sure, how could you not play "Light My Fire"? Exactly. They had yeah. to. They had to. Yeah. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Carl Wilson talked about from the Beach Boys, who is the guitarist and Brian Wilson's youngest brother, um, talked about he had reached the point where he was tired of doing like Help Me Rhonda and a couple of their Good songs. Vibrate, and, you know, yeah, of and he, just, he was tired and he realized. Um, and then my the best story about that is I remember this. I, I, Linda Ronstadt was on Johnny Carson. And wow. for you old people, young people who don't know, Johnny Carson was the, the late night talk show host, right? The greatest. Yeah. Always. No one better. <laughs> and so Linda Ronset was talking about that every once in a while, she gets tired of doing um, Blue Bayou or doesn't want to do these songs. And she says, and she got tickets to see Frank Sinatra <laughs> and she had all the songs she wanted to hear. And she hit herself like, oh, my goodness, my audience is me. When they go to hear me, they want to hear these the same way I want to hear exactly. New York, New York. And, you know, 
um, all this stuff. So it's, yeah, it's not about you. Yeah, you're a vessel, a vassal, a vessel, or whatever yeah. the word is to to those people. You absolutely, you're there to like take them away and lift them up. It's absolutely. not a, you know. That means there's self gratification in performing, but right. You know, I I I understand because you get fed up of playing stuff, but right, hey, exactly. Know. And so this was a blast. I hope you had fun. Oh, it was amazing, and 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 we barely touched on Isaac Asimov. Seriously, I know we we, <laughs> we could do a whole series on Isaac Asimov and uh, the other people that you grew up reading. That I'm sure that you and I had a lot in common. Who's your bucket list for for authors that you never got into as much as you should have? That's a great <laughs> question. Um, I have one. Asimov for sure. Volume. I haven't read everything. Yeah. That's what pisses me off. Yeah. It's just, you know, but the one that I haven't, I mean, I read more Ray Bradbury. It's, it's Clark. I've read two, two. two I've read two. a little bit of Clark. Um, it's I, harder to get into. I forget. Yeah. And then I, I loved Game of Thrones and I've never read the books. And I oh. know that they are so more than the series. And I've, oh, you know, yeah. Just and, that's you just nailed me, Clancy. Yeah, Clancy. Yeah. I would devour that book in two hours. Seven hundred right. page book. I, I I wouldn't put it down. I watched right. the movies and I'd want to puke. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> Never watched the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's good. Yeah, um, that, that Clancy was one, uh, for that style. Clancy. Yeah, just, he's amazing. It is. But yeah, that's, Isaac Land. Yeah, great. All right. Um, uh, we have to call it a night, eh? <laughs> yes, we are. Soulmasons.com. Uh, yeah, you can find that if Go from you're there. looking for for my collaboration right now. It's Tibovision. So okay. Tibovision, you already know, he's got the YouTube channel. He's got yeah. the, he's got everything and, going. <laughs> and you guys are doing a podcast about once a week. Yeah. It's, okay. Uh, every Wednesday night. Yeah. yeah, it's every Wednesday night. It Good. comes out, yes. And uh, just follow good old Tebow Vision. There's more stuff coming out from both our sites. So Very you can nice. always find us there. Good. Jesse. It, my brother, thank you. This was so much fun. I appreciate you're, you're it. You're coming back to ours. Oh, anytime. A little bit of time, you're coming anytime. back. Anytime. I'd love that. And uh, thank you for sharing so much of your personal journey with us. Um, I think that's what... I think what people want to know, people want to hear people's real stories. And I appreciate you sharing. Thank you. <laughs> All right, listeners, you please go get vaccinated. Let's get back to normal. Remember to uh, take care of yourselves. If you aren't vaccinated yet, wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands, and let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. And for now, take care. We love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you to my Patreons, Andrew Goddard, Betsy Hodges, Levi Petri, Elizabeth Bronson, Stephen Malio, Holly Mack, Steve Rogers, Dale Hosick, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. You all are my monthly angels. Thank you so much for the love and support you give on this podcast. You are greatly appreciated. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, 
fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.